welcome to the Digiday Podcast. My name is Tim Peterson. I am a senior media editor at Digiday. And I'm Kaylee Barber, media editor at Digiday. All right, so Kaylee, uh, we are continuing our four-part creator series this week. Um, last week, we had an episode with Colin and Samir. They're creators on YouTube. And this week, we are looking at TikTok. And so you spoke with Chris Collins, who seems like a pretty good example of how quickly people have blown up on TikTok and kind of gone from created these careers as creators almost overnight. Yeah. So Chris runs an account called Call Me Chris, and she already has like 43 million followers, over 43 million followers, which is just like pretty insane because she started it she started posting on TikTok like right at the start of the pandemic. So it's been almost exactly two years. And I think like a lot of people who found that extreme fast success on TikTok, she did it because she just had like a surplus of time and had, you know, enjoyment in posting a lot. Like she just kept doing it and at a really regular cadence. And, you know, I think it was, she says later, but I think by July she had hit like a million subscribers. And so like, a matter of April to July, like you're already making that many people want to follow you is just really fascinating. And you're right. A lot of people kind of saw that fast success earlier on in the pandemic as TikTok kind of like grew with people just being at home and needing to like waste their time essentially. Um, But she was able to like monetize that time and make like a really successful career of a social media creator out of that. So it's really fascinating. Yeah. And how is she able to like make a career out of this? Because like one of the things with TikTok and some of um, the other platforms is there isn't a revenue share program like YouTube. Yeah. So she gets all of her money from TikTok through brand deals. Um, She says later she's from Canada, so they don't have like a TikTok creator fund or anything like that. Um, She is just works with different um, brands that she likes and she's very, she gets into it, but she's very diligent about the balance between a branded post and doing actual content um, that she writes and then does herself. Um, So yeah, she's making money through brand deals, but she's also expanded to YouTube and she's got 5 million followers there, subscribers there, which is a lot. And you can get a lot of brand deals that way as well. I know a lot of brands, she says this later, um, a lot of brands prefer YouTube partnerships versus maybe TikTok still. So yeah, she's she's turning this into a career. She wants to even get into like acting and, and not return to her old job, which was a, being a hairdresser. So yeah, it just it was a very fascinating conversation. And I think it really takes a deep look at the creator economy specifically to TikTok. It's a it's a fascinating place. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to listen to this conversation. So you take it away. Thanks, Kayla. Thanks, Tim. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you? I am doing good. How are you? I'm great. This, again, is for the creators series that we have going on. And we've been starting out each episode by asking our guests to kind of take us through a day in the life, a day where you might be creating a lot of content or having a lot of meetings, but really just so that our listeners can get a glimpse into what it's like to you know, be a content creator. Yeah, absolutely. Um, every day is very different. <laughs> but um, I mean, my days uh, usually start with me getting up and then I have 
I have a schedule personally where I usually use my mornings, uh, mornings to early afternoons to write scripts and stuff, uh, usually for the day or for a couple days ahead, depending if I have like a lot of meetings the next day or anything. And then I use my afternoon to early evening to do all my filming. Um, and usually that's just for, um, if it's for TikTok, it's usually the day of. And if I have time, I'll usually do one for the next day because I like to try to be ahead of schedule. Um, and then I do uh, YouTube content on top of that as well. So I usually get my TikTok done for the day and then I'll do YouTube content. And I would have done research and for that the day previous. So then I would do my filming. And then if I have any editing to do, I do have an editor, but if I have any editing to do for um, TikTok, because I do all of that editing, then I'll do that at night. So it's kind of like a wake up, rinse, repeat. And it, and the days change based off of if I have meetings or not. Like today I have like, I think five meetings. So I had to do a lot of filming yesterday to make up for today. And um, yeah, it kind of just goes like that. I'm curious, like, is every day then considered a either content creation day or a day in which you're preparing to make a TikTok or film a YouTube video? Or when do you allot for like time off? Like, do you take weekends off? Uh, no, <laughs> so usually it's, it is my goal now to minimum have one day off. And usually that's like a Sunday, but I will usually have, uh, have, made content for that day already on the other days. So sometimes it doesn't look like I'm taking a day off, but I'll sometimes make content ahead of time to a lot for that time. But um, I definitely promote taking at least two days off because <laughs> it's not healthy not to. But I mean, with content creation, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you come up with an idea and you need to get it down on paper or you, I, sometimes I just get excited about filming something on a day off and I just like get it over with or something like that. But yes, um, definitely at least one day off. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. If inspiration strikes, it's almost like totally. you have to do it before you, I don't know, maybe lose the idea or lose the like tone totally. of it. Yep. Totally. And it depends on the day. Like maybe I, it's supposed to rain tomorrow and I wanted to film outside and it's sunny today, but it's my day off. So I'm like, ah, like I get, so yeah, it all, it just, every day is, uh, it's planned, but it's also, it just depends. <laughs> Yeah. No, totally yeah. get that. Um, you had mentioned that you write scripts for your content. Is that mm. like a, a pretty regular thing? Is that just for TikTok? Because I know you have like a lot of sketches that you perform mm. on that platform. Uh, what's the, I guess, like script writing process? Yeah. Um, I, I always write scripts, at least rough scripts for TikTok, especially um, just because I do do like more sketch uh, format on there, um, whether it's like one to two to three minute sketches. But uh, usually I'll have somewhat, not not even a schedule, but I'll try to space it out because I have around 30 to 35 characters and I have kind of different storylines going on. I'll, if I do one of my characters is Riley. If I do a Riley TikTok, a very based one, then the next one's not going to be Riley. It'll be onto a different character. And then I'm like, okay, I'll do Riley in like another week or two or something like that. So I try to space it out. And then the script writing kind of is, uh, I, I do sit down and I brainstorm a lot, but I can't even tell you how many voice memos and notes I have and post-it notes everywhere of just like random ideas I have. I have like a post-it note that says like sock on it somewhere in my, <laughs> in my room. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just like, if any kind of idea comes to me and then I'll just base the script off of usually like one punchline or one joke and I'll write it off of that. So 
it is a very, um, if I'm inspired, I write it. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of sitting around and looking at a wall because you can't even like watch TV or listen to anything while you're trying to think of it. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what's your, what's your background then? Cause you have a very comedic approach to your platforms. You are, um, writing like scripts obviously. Um, but I'm curious, like, is this, you know, uh, an extension off of just your personality or have you, like, do you have a background in any kind of like acting or improv, anything like that? Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. It is definitely an extension of my personality and who I've always been since I was like a, a little kid. Like I've, always love to put on a show for people or make jokes or try to make people laugh at the dinner table kind of thing. Um, but growing up, I actually, I never took drama or anything, um, in school or anything. Cause, uh, m- my parents kind of wanted me to focus on sports and academics and, and, or different academics and that kind of thing. Um, but I always wanted to, so it was kind of, I, I fell into it, um, during COVID. Like I had become, I did like, uh, couple years of university and then I became a hairdresser and then COVID happened and I lost my job and I was like all my videos for fun I had no intention of making it my career or anything but um it was uh, kind of a blessing in disguise I guess because this is something I always kind of wanted to do and I've always wanted to get into the traditional space as well and everything so now now I'm taking uh the steps to do acting classes to do auditions and and that kind of thing now um so yeah it was just kind of a happenstance thing for me. I would love to to hear about that like COVID TikTok onset because I feel like that was a very common um, trajectory for a lot of people, not like even the, in the creator space, just like watching TikToks. Like I didn't go on TikTok until, you know, the first week of the pandemic. What was that kind of like process? And at what point mm-hmm. did you start posting? Yeah. Yeah. So again, like I was just like you, I didn't uh, even really know what TikTok was. I I knew it was like a dancing app or something and it used to be musically. And, um, I had a little, I have a little brother. I have a little brother that was on it long before I was. And he saw that I was bored and not doing anything because I usually work like seven days a week when I lost my job. So he was just like, Oh, you should download TikTok and it's really entertaining. Maybe you can make videos. And I was like, "Mm." so I downloaded or I think I downloaded it like a month and a half or like in April of uh, 2020. And then I think I spent like three days just scrolling, like just like I probably like everybody did and nonstop. Like it was, I'd not got no sleep. And I was like, okay, I, I can't spend all my time scrolling. Like I need, I, I got to do something. So I was like, I'll just make some videos for fun. Cause I, as I was scrolling, I had some ideas for videos and I was like, well, I'll make them whatever. And um, I started posting and I was posting at that point because I had nothing else to do, like five, eight videos a day, <laughs> which was ridiculous. Um, but at that point, it wasn't completely original content. It was like uh, lip sync content. And then I would spin it in a comedic way. Um, and I think it was only about two months into posting where I had a couple of videos really take off. And then after that, every video was taking off. And it was like a 1000 followers a day, then it was 10,000 a day, then it was 100,000 a day. And it was just like, I don't know what was going on, but I, I was enjoying it. So I just kept posting and posting and, um, yeah, now we're, (laughs) now we're here and I'm not posting as much. It's more like quality over quantity, but it's, um, yeah, it, it, it was crazy. It happened so fast. So our listeners know you have like 43 million followers at this point. Like it's, it's a lot of followers. <laughs> yeah, it's spiraled. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, question for you, because I – so I was also spending inordinate amounts of time scrolling on TikTok. But I also 
had the same kind of thing with Vine. Like I spent just an absurd amount of time time on Vine back in the day. Mm-hmm. Was that a platform that you used? Like, did you kind of have some sort of like native kind of inclinations from the the platforms of old? Yes. Yeah. Vine was something uh, I utilized kind of late in the game, but I, I actually was starting to develop a decent following on Vine, actually, just in my own free time. I can't even remember when it, when I can't remember when it stopped. Um, I can't remember what year, but I was in middle school, high school, maybe. I can't remember. Anyway, but I was on Vine and I thought it was an awesome platform and it was really quick and I could make like little funny jokes and stuff. And then, and then it disappeared. <laughs> and, but that type of really quick comedy or uh, short content and stuff is, I think, why TikTok has been so successful. And I like TikTok and I like that you can do more than I think six seconds wasn't enough. But um, I I definitely dabbled in Vine and appreciated that kind of content. So TikTok was kind of like that natural step once I saw what it was all about and you could actually do like comedy on there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, getting into, um, I want to get into your audience a little bit more because it is, it's so large. Like I feel like a lot of, creators on different platforms don't ever really kind of get to that level. Like TikTok, I just think has a very specific um, like allowance for reaching that many people, especially like beyond your following. But you mentioned that it's like at a point where all of your videos perform extremely well. I was like taking a look at your page and it looked like you had millions of views on in recent, in recent history, like on every single video. Um, I guess, like, who is your audience? Like, who do you kind of see as your primary um, reach? Yeah, well, I mean, even just looking at my demographic and uh, across all platforms, it's it's pretty similar. It's it's almost 50-50 male and female. I'd say maybe a little bit more uh, to female, like 60-40 or something. So it's pretty even there. And then um, in terms of age range, it ranges across the board. I've, I've said it a couple of times before, but... Um, like I'll get stopped on the street by like a 10 year old or 12 year old and then they'll be with their mom or like their grandma and like the, that kid, the kid knows me, but also the parent watches me too and they enjoy it. So it's, it's really interesting. I'll, I'll get like all walks of life of people that, <laughs> um, recognize me or, or watch my content. Um, and, and yeah, even looking at the demographic, it, it ranges from, yeah, like 13 year olds. I'd say the, the big chunk is like 13 to like 30 is like the, the biggest. And then it, there's like a little bit that ranges outside of that, but, uh, it's pretty wide. And I think that's because I, um, I try to make it, I try to make it very family friendly, but I try to have some, something for everybody on there. Like I do do adult jokes in like a fun light kind of way where kids can still watch it and it's not inappropriate kind of thing. And then the kids tend to like the kid, like my kid characters, like Riley and Misha and Sergey and like those kind of characters. And then I have like grandpa and grandma characters too, that are very boomer esque. So yeah, I think there's something, I think everybody can try to find somebody that they can relate to in my content, hopefully. Yeah. Was it your audience that kind of helped to identify different characters to play? Like, I'm curious about how the character generation came about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, um, like I said, I was a hairdresser before, so I had all kinds of people walking through the door so that definitely gave me some ideas for characters. Um, but 
Yeah, just people commenting. I go through my comments every day um, to see what people are liking, what people aren't liking, what people are asking for and everything and how I can represent people. Um, so yeah, definitely, I'd say probably half of my characters at least have come from my audience where somebody's suggesting like, oh my God, you totally need a, like a bro character, or like a Chad kind of character. And I was like, okay, I'll make this character or I need like a valley girl kind of character or something. So it's my audience has absolutely helped me get to where I am with like my character development and everything. And they tell me if they like where the storyline's going or if they don't. And I can kind of like shift it in that way. And yeah, it's been it's been really cool. That's why I like TikTok because and, and YouTube and everything, because it allows you to interact with your audience on like TV where you don't really know if they like it. If they don't, you can see the viewership, but that's about it. So yeah. Yeah. So I do want to talk about YouTube too, because um, I know you have a pretty significant following over there as well. Um, remind me if you if you know how many followers you have on that platform. Yeah, I think right now it's around five point four million. Okay, that's yeah, that is huge too. Because like I know there's YouTubers who've been doing it for a really long time, still kind of like going after that one million target. So I'm curious about like at what point you decided to make that jump to to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um I think I started on YouTube uh I think August of 2020 and I wanted to start earlier but it was just like that pulled the trigger kind of thing. I was like I probably can't do it and I don't know how, I don't know where to start. And I honestly just started filming on my iPhone. I didn't have a mic or anything and I didn't even know what I was doing and I just started one day and it, it was great. But I did that because I like Vine. You don't really know what's going to happen. And at that point too, I think that was where like, there was talks of TikTok maybe getting banned and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, I worked really hard to build up this thing. So I, hopefully I can transfer people over to another platform. And I like the idea of doing longer format as well. And, um, so that's kind of the main reason why I did it. And I wanted to do different content as well. So on YouTube, it's more like me, it's not uh, as much character. It's just me and my comedy commentary and and that kind of thing. And Instagram offers different stuff too. So on every platform, I try to make something different. It's like sometimes I'll recycle some TikTok content onto those platforms because not every country has TikTok. Um, but yeah, it was just I want to I want this to be as sustainable as possible in this space. And I know that spreading yourself out throughout platforms is probably the best way to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. That like diversification definitely is a, is a common thing in like all media, but like it makes sense. Like what you were saying with the uncertainty of platforms and like, what if there's an algorithm change or what, you know, what if they do ban? You never know. Happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So you had, all right. So you went to YouTube in like August, 2020, but you said you started TikTok in like April, 2020. So was it like how much growth and how fast did you see that growth in like a four month period? Yeah, in that uh in that period, I I remember I hit uh 1 million exactly followers on TikTok on my birthday, which was July 1st of 2020. Um and then by the time I I did YouTube, I think I was around like 4 or 5 million. Um so that's when I was like, okay, maybe I can transfer some of these people over. <laughs> but uh yeah, it just kept growing like like crazy. Um like after that, after the first million, I thought it was going to like stop. I was like, okay, that's good. Like a million. That's great. Yeah. Like I can, I can live with that. And then I just kept going. So yeah, I think I was around like four or 5 million when I finally decided to go to uh, YouTube or, or try to take it seriously. Cause I was in a constant state of denial 
the entire time. I think I was in constant state of denial until I was like over 10 million on TikTok. I was like, this isn't real. This isn't going to last. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I I have to imagine it feels surreal. I only have 50 followers on TikTok, but I don't know like like a third of them. And that already yeah. feels weird to me. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just like strangers yeah. watching you all the time. <laughs> you get used to it. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. So you also mentioned like the family-friendly content. Um, I imagine that has to, and I'm curious if you do any like kind of brand deals, but I have to imagine that that is a helpful thing to do. If you have like really raunchy content, I'm sure you're only going to get really raunchy brands that are wanting to work with you. But I'm curious, like what's been the kind of like addition of, you know, monetization outside of like the creator fund that TikTok has or outside of the like passive ad revenue that YouTube provides? Like, have you been working with brands, you know, regularly on these platforms? Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I, uh, I actually live in Canada and we don't have a creator fund. Um, so I don't make a cent off of views or anything like that. Never have. Um, so I, the way I make, uh, most of my income is from brand deals. So I do work with brand deals, uh, quite often, uh, with brands, sorry, uh, quite often. And, um, yeah, with TikTok, um, usually uh, TikTok and all my platforms, I only work with brands that I do like and use and have used or have used before. Um, and so I'm very selective with those brands and I don't want to cover my page with brand deals because at the end of the day, I'm doing this because I enjoy it. And obviously it's, it is how I survive now, but, um, yeah, I just, I don't want to be, you know, quote unquote <laughs> sellout. So I, I work with brands that I do enjoy and same thing with uh, like investing and that kind of thing. I, I only invest in things that I personally believe in and that kind of thing. So yeah, across all platforms, I do brand deals and that kind of thing. And with YouTube, it's usually just integrated into the video for like 60 seconds and then it's longer format. So in a 10 minute video, I'll do 60 second integration. And then with TikToks, I've found that if the brand doesn't allow me to have pretty much full creative freedom. I, I don't really want to work with them just because I know what my audience wants and I want to promote the brand in the best way possible, but I want it to do well as well, like for the brand and for me. And, and I want the audience, uh, my favorite comment I get is, uh, at the end, people are like, like, I can't believe you made me watch an entire ad or like, I didn't even know this was an ad or something like that. I'm like, yes, I did my job. So yeah, I like to incorporate it into my own skits and, and comedy and content like that, like that as well. So yeah. Cool. And then I, I guess I'm curious. So you don't want to like overdo it with the brand deals or, or like add, I guess, videos. Like, what do you think the ratio is that you try to keep on, on TikTok? Yeah. Um, usually I don't like to do more than one a week, especially now that I've dialed back. Like I used to post like multiple videos a day, but there's just no way to keep that up. So now it's like anywhere from four to six days a week I'll post on TikTok, but I like to keep it to one minimum or sorry, maximum a week. Um, and sometimes it's not even that. And sometimes, you know, it stuff works out where uh, two have to be posted that week. And then I'll usually try to make up for it by posting more of my own content. And that week just ends up being a gong show. But <laughs> yeah, so I have like my own kind of, um, and my, my team knows about that too. Like my management team, they know that I don't want to post too much. So I'm, I try to make them 
schedule it so it's not like that. And same thing with YouTube. Um, I don't like, like usually it's like every other YouTube can have an ad and it still needs to let me have some creative freedom. And since that's only two, two uh, days a week, but it's kind of different with YouTube because there's content around that ad. Like there's nine minutes of content around the 60 seconds, whereas TikTok, it's like, that's the entire video. And usually you can't post the same day when you work with brands. So it's like, that's your video for the day. So yeah, it's kind of a lot to think about. And I don't want my audience to feel like I'm shoving brands down their throats. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. I also think like YouTube is a, audiences are a little bit more comfortable with seeing those kind of like integrated ads. Like it's almost like a given at this point that something's going to be sponsored. Like, exactly. I feel like that's just a very, it's almost unique when there isn't a sponsor in a video at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's very true. It's very true. And yeah, I, tr- I try to make the placement at least nice. So it's not like at the very beginning, I'm not like having them watch it out to the, I'll like lure into it in the middle of the video or something, or I don't know, try to make it as enjoyable as possible. But yeah, you're totally right. Like watching any kind of YouTube video now, if it's not sponsored, I was like, oh my God, I didn't need to, <laughs> like, because a lot of people are like skipping through them and stuff too. So you got to kind of be strategic in that way. Cause you do want the people to watch the ad and, and, um, like you want to those brands to come back. So it's kind of figuring out how to do that in the best way. Yeah, right. And so having that kind of like native scripted, you know, authority over what the, the ad placement feels like, you know, that I think that that is really important, especially for, you know, going back to TikTok, just like making sure people are like, oh yeah, I didn't realize that was an ad. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. If I can put like a joke in there that people actually enjoy or something, then like everybody appreciate, I know I do. I love watching like funny commercials or like the Super Bowl commercials or that kind of thing. Like people look forward to those commercials. So that's kind of like what the, the feel that I want for my ads. So you have mentioned um, like a management team. I'm curious, like who all is on your like team and the the types of people that you work with to like grow your channels, but then also like step in and help with either brand deals or any kind of like um, platform like, you know, extensions, like who, who do you kind of like rely on? Yeah, I'm currently signed with UTA, um, is the agency that I work with. And then also tribal media, I'm managed by them and uh, my manager, Devin Riley. And then I also have an agent in Canada, um, that helps out with more of the traditional space as well. Same thing as UTA. So I kind of have this, uh, international team that, um, they, they deal with all like the incoming inbounds that I get and do outbound, uh, stuff in terms of getting brand deals and negotiating and all all the stuff that I have no idea how to do, um, that I did like by myself for the first eight months of this. And I was like clueless. Um, and then, uh, what's really nice is, uh, I invest the company I invested in able, they like take care of all of my finances now, basically like where, it just makes it super easy where I don't even need to think about taxes or anything like that because you, it's it's essentially not made for creators and helping them financially uh, just make everything simple. Like you just get because everybody with like a nine to five job, they get their paychecks in and then they the company takes the taxes off and then you get the paycheck. That's your money. But with a job like me or anybody that's self-employed, it's uh, it makes it a lot more difficult because you get the money and it's like, wait, like not all of it's yours, but you don't know how much is not yours and this and this. So it's uh, it's been really nice having able to, I don't even need to think about it. Just like I get paid, the taxes go here, there, and it's done. So yeah, I have like this big team that is, I would be lost without them. 
Yeah. And you mentioned that you had done it kind of on your own for eight months. Like, yeah. What was that kind of learning curve there? It was, it was kind of crazy because uh, I know no, I live in like this little small town outside of Vancouver in Canada. Um, nobody was a content creator. I didn't know anybody. Um, and it was just, it, it was just learning as you go. Like I made the videos and stuff. And then the first couple, um, like brand deals I did, I was, did it for free. Didn't even get the like, or I, like all I got was the product and I was like, nice, like free product. And at that point I was at like 2 million followers, not knowing that I should be getting paid for it. <laughs> and yeah, so that was, that was a learning curve for sure. And then I went through one agency that just kind of weren't the best and were taking advantage, but I didn't know at the time. So I had to go through that, which I know a lot of creators go through, which sucks. Um, but then, you know, I did my research, met the team that I'm with now and it's, it's great now, but, um, yeah. And then just figuring out how to say no, it's just my biggest, uh, biggest issue. <laughs> like I have like a million projects going on and, 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 and being able to take a step back for sure, because it was for over a year, uh, every single day I was posting, like I never, I didn't take a day off for like 14 months, um, when I first started out and it's just the, so unhealthy. So the first year was a gong show, but now I feel like I've gotten into the rhythm of things finally. So, yeah. 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 You've gotten into this kind of good rhythm, this good cadence. I'm, I'm wondering like when you allow yourself to work on other projects and like what you are doing outside of posting to TikTok or YouTube, like what are some of the other things that you're doing for like personal brand extension or, um, you know, you've invested in an app. So now you're like kind of working on like that as like a, a side thing. Like what are the, some of the other things that you've taken on? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of little things going on in the background. I mean, uh, with, with the app I invested in there, I'm partners with them in like the merch that I make and launching that. So we do that um, like on anywhere from like a four to eight week basis. We're like launching new merch. So that's one thing. And then we're launching a podcast as well, which is um, going to be with Able, but it's called The Unemployables, which is uh, an NFT essentially. And it's made for creators and helping creators. And yeah, it's it's really cool. And then the whole point of the podcast is to just talk to creative people like in all aspects it doesn't necessarily need to be um like a content creator it could be any kind of creator um so I'm really excited about that and um yeah we're actually launching that uh I think March 31st like tentatively so that's exciting too and and yeah and and trying to do more like investments and that kind of thing and I'm trying to be responsible with like money and figuring out and trying to do like research and all this kind of stuff. And Able just made sense because it's what I wish I had when I first started because I, I didn't know how to manage uh, my finances and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other things that I'm working on. There's, there's like, and then all, all at the same time, I'm trying to also uh, break into like the traditional space and try to create my own show, whether that lives on YouTube at first or whether I go into production with it with um, like Netflix or something like that. I'm not sure quite yet, but that's a hope and auditioning for things. And yeah, it's just a bunch of little things on top of all the other content that I'm creating. There's been a lot of that kind of transition from TikTok or YouTube to more traditional entertainment. And it's it's such an interesting launching pad because you're coming into 
like a space where you already have like this built-in audience, like fans of you, like already. It's like a, it's such an interesting kind of approach. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering also like in regards to like, I guess, TikTok, right? So like 43 million people follow you. That is a huge following. Um, do you still see that kind of regular growth? And I mean, you see a lot of engagement, but I'm curious, like, do you still see like a, a trajectory of growth, like to that degree on, on TikTok or even on YouTube? Um, yeah, on it's it's interesting. So now on TikTok, it's like it's definitely slowed down, and it it, it slowed down. I think I got to like around twenty five million at a really steady pace, and then it started to just slow down a little bit. And that's the algorithm, and it's just how big can your audience get? You know, like how many people can actually like me in the world? So like I, I'm happy with the number I'm at. Obviously, uh, growing is always. A bonus, but um, yeah, I think I think it comes down to algorithm changes, and with traveling, actually, it affects your for you page and who sees your content too, which is, has been really interesting. So I've been traveling quite a bit. So like right now, I'm in New York, so a lot more people in New York are seeing it. So I find that I get like a boost to followers when I move when I'm moving around to different places and posting. Um, so yeah, you're just learning constantly about the algorithm and everything. But then I've had much more of a boost on uh, YouTube. My YouTube videos, knock on wood, have been doing pretty decent and getting out to more audiences. Um, and it's a different audience too. Like I have a lot of people that translated from TikTok and everything, but there's some people that find me on YouTube first and then figure out that I'm on TikTok as well. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. So now YouTube's like my kind of main thing that I'm growing on the most and TikTok, TikTok's always like my baby. I love, I love TikTok and everything, but it's like, you want to, like, I feel like I maybe haven't peaked on TikTok, but like almost. And then, so now I'm trying to just grow on my other platforms as well. And I noticed you also do like collabs with other creators. Um, so I guess like, does that kind of help with the finding new audiences or like, you know, boosting following or anything like that? Yeah, totally. And at first, obviously because of COVID and everything, I was just at home. And that's why I just made other people <laughs> like my characters and stuff. Cause there was no collabing essentially. Um, but yeah, so now that I'm traveling around, I'm trying to, uh, I'm, I'm meeting people I've been talking to for over a year because of COVID. And then we collaborate and they have a different audience and I have a different audience. So I get to meet really cool people and we also get to cross promote with each other. And, um, yeah, that's, that's been really cool and interesting to see, uh, and I'm trying to do that more. I'm I'm one of those people that don't really like to ask because I just assume people don't want to <laughs> collaborate with me. <laughs> but I need to put myself out there a little bit more. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, I'm it's the definitely same a way. bonus, yeah. right? Yeah, it's just like, you, do you want? You probably don't. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. Actually, like, I don't want to bother you. It's yeah, fine. No, it's yeah, fine. it's fine. I'll just talk to myself. It's <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny though, creating new characters just because in the pandemic there's just <laughs> there's an absence somebody. of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. That's funny. Um, all right. I also want to talk about Instagram too, because I, I know you have, you know, posted there, you post there. I feel like it's kind of expected. It's all like almost like how celebrities were expected to have a Facebook page back in the day that people mm -hmm. can like. Like you're almost expected to have a, a Instagram. But I'm curious with like I know like Reels, Instagram Reels is, you know, uh, their attempt at like TikTok, I guess we'll call it. Um, do you ever do like original Reels or is it like kind of reposting from TikTok? Like what's your kind of approach to that platform? 
Yeah, with Instagram, I was so late to the game on Instagram and I just felt bad like promoting it on my TikTok and stuff. So I don't think I started promoting <clears throat> Instagram at all until I was well into the tens of millions on <laughs> on TikTok. So people didn't even know. But um, and it's also because I was making so much content for TikTok and for YouTube that I was like, what the heck am I going to post on? And people don't care about pictures about of me or whatever. But apparently people do. So I like I said, I try to make different stuff for every platform, but I don't want to burn out. And I also noticed that a lot of people aren't actually on TikTok or aren't, uh, it's not accessible to them. So if I have... TikToks that are doing really well. I won't post every single TikTok on my reels, but if I if I see that a TikTok's doing well and people are reacting really well to it, and I'll repost that onto Instagram or even YouTube Shorts. Um, so there is some recycled content on there. And then I'll, like everybody does, I'll post, you know, pictures on Instagram of kind of just my day-to-day. It's kind of more like a, like a behind-the-scenes kind of platform for me. Um, where people can see like project upcoming projects. I I do like stories all the time of like behind the scenes of what I'm doing, or I do polls of like people can um, vote on what video I'm going to be doing next or what characters they want to see next. So it's actually interesting. Like I feel probably probably the closest to my Instagram audience, and then I talk in my DMs because people can't DM you on on TikTok uh, if you're not following them. So. I'm I'm probably scrolling through Instagram the most out of not not even not to consume but just like through my DMs and looking at uh, what my audience is saying um, because yeah they're the ones that are kind of telling me what they do or what I should do what they want to see that kind of thing so yeah it's like my behind the scenes app <laughs> yeah that's really yeah. cool mm-hmm. um, so you mentioned like YouTube Shorts as well. I feel like I've heard so little about that, but I've started seeing it more. Yeah. What's the what's the deal with that? Yeah, YouTube Shorts, it's interesting. At first, I was late to that too. I was like, everyone's trying to be TikTok, like what the heck? And and then I saw so many of uh, creators, like even friend creators that were just recycling TikTok content onto YouTube and just like growing like crazy and I wanted to make longer form different content on YouTube and that's what I do. But usually uh, like twice a week, I'll post um, TikToks that I make, uh, again, that that do pretty well. And the audience on YouTube is massive. Like usually if I posted a TikTok um, that did really well, like let, let's say it gets like five to 10 million on TikTok views, uh, it'll get like 20 million on YouTube. Like the, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to see the differences there. Um, so definitely, uh, people need to utilize the shorts a little bit more. And I've noticed that that's where I get peaks in growth when I do that. Well, obviously, cause more people are seeing it, but yeah, it's, uh, I thought it was kind of silly at first, but I was like, okay, like this is a lot of people are scrolling through those shorts. Yeah. And it's, it's still like you mentioned repurposed or reposted content from TikTok, right? Like it's not original for YouTube shorts. No, no. And if I ever find the time to do original stuff for that, then I will. But I I don't like at the, at the, at the time there doesn't seem to be a a need for it. And if, if I want to do original stuff on YouTube, I would just make it longer format skits. Um, that would just live as a YouTube video, not necessarily as a YouTube short. So 
Yeah. Right. So then like when it comes to going back to brands for a second, like brand deals, do you find like a lot of interest in one platform in particular to do like brand partnerships with or do you find that brands are asking for any kind of like cross-platform, um, you know, deals or anything? Yeah, it depends on the brand and what they want and what uh, platform is most attracted, attractive to them. Uh, I get a, I do get a lot of brand deals where they want a TikTok and then they want uh, a YouTube short or they want a YouTube integration, 60 seconds, and then they also want a TikTok. And then they also want three story frames and, a, and an Instagram post. So you kind of get everything. Um, but then there are some of the brands that are just like, no, we just want a 60 second YouTube integration. And then they'll just keep coming back for that YouTube integration. Um, just because that's what they're used to. A lot of brands haven't experimented with TikTok, um, or even Instagram. I find that a lot of brands are more attracted to the YouTube. Um, but I, I think I like making ads most for TikTok because I have Usually, like any brand I work with, I just ask for full creative freedom with with TikTok, and I just make it into one of my skits, essentially. So that's kind of nice. YouTube's a little bit more difficult because I don't really play with my characters on there as much, so it just needs to somehow be connected to the video to some regard. Like if I'm promoting a brand, uh, like a clothing brand or something, I'll make it like a day in my life kind of video and uh, like how I get dressed, and I'm like I got these clothes actually from this site and like, this is what I, so it just needs to be integrated in in that kind of way. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how every brand's just so different. Yeah. So you mentioned that, um, Instagram is a way for you to kind of get more audience feedback, um, and, and really like tap into your community is, is YouTube more of like a, like a vlog approach or like a more like personal approach to it versus, you know, TikTok, which has a lot of the like kind of sketch and, and, Um, like scripted comedy. Mm -hmm. I actually don't do too much uh, vlog stuff on YouTube. And that's mostly because I'm a very, uh, I'm I'm a pretty private person. And I I know for me, I I want to keep some stuff secret. Like I don't want all, all of myself on a plate for everybody. So I usually stick to, I've been doing a lot of like reaction stuff. So I, I essentially am doing um, like improv on on YouTube, uh, whether it's, you know, reacting to different TikTok shows or anything like that, or doing like fun games or challenges or that kind of thing. So you're getting just my personality without the character masking me on, on YouTube. And then maybe once a month or something, I'll throw a vlog in there, or like a day in my life kind of thing. Cause, cause people like to see that or like a behind the scenes or something like that. But yeah, I, I like to keep it, um, not too, too, uh, in my personal life. Cause I think you show so much of yourself, um, in the social media space, even if it is just like skits and that kind of thing, and you're pretty vulnerable to that. So luckily I have a very positive community, thank goodness. And everyone's pretty wonderful, but yeah, it's just opening yourself up to who knows what. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess like speaking to that a little bit more, cause I know, um, at least from like the the last creator series we did, like there's, you know, this sense of needing to find balance and needing to like really kind of deal with some of the negativities of social media. Like what maybe advice do you have or like what like have you kind of like learned to do through your own experiences um, in dealing with some of those like, you know, tougher, tougher subjects around social media? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm a massive advocate for mental health and all that kind of stuff. And I've struggled, uh, deeply with all of that stuff. And at points during this whole, uh, social media journey, it's definitely, um, hit hard, but finding the, the balance is the most important part. And it's taking those days off and not being too hard on yourself with numbers and all that kind of stuff, not focusing on that too much because every day is going to be different. And yeah, just, and making sure that you're still doing stuff that you enjoy. Cause I, I do see a lot of creators doing stuff on social media just because they think they need to, or just because something's trending or, and it just, it, it, it feels disingenuine to them. And usually the audience can tell when it is as well. So um, just continuing to do stuff that you actually enjoy. Other, otherwise, you're you're going to burn out so quickly. And I mean, I've gotten there too, but I've just learned to dial back and focus on, like I said before, the quality over quantity um, and just making a schedule. That's like the hardest thing for me to do is to just set time aside to do the work, do the writing, do filming, and then set aside time to you know, walk my dog or do something for you and to make sure that you're, you are keeping something just for you. Like, cause, cause there's a lot of creators that just put their entire being on the internet. And I think it's not the best idea. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the little, little things I've learned along the way and getting a good management team and doing your research, <laughs> knowing what you're worth <laughs> is very, yeah. very much important as well. Because a lot of people like yeah. to take advantage of you in this industry, that is for sure. So just surrounding yourself with pe- like-minded people and uh, knowledgeable people, for sure. You had kind of touched on um, like trends, like following like so TikTok is is full of trends, right? Like the sounds that go viral very quickly. Like how do you kind of balance those trends? Like figuring out what fits with your voice and what is just kind of something that maybe you shouldn't spend time on. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I I don't uh, do the trends too too often. I usually do focus on like like completely original content. But if there's a trend that I think I can fit in and it makes sense, or like there's a creator I kind of want to highlight or, or duet or do something like that, then then it's good for me. As long as I can put some sort of original twist on it, I'll do it. Um, but yeah, usually. Uh, I, I honestly, and people might come at me for saying this, but I actually don't watch TikTok that often because it's my job and really? because I'm like yeah. fully in it all the time. The only time I'm scrolling is uh, if I'm really, like if I literally have nothing else to do, I did go walk my dog, something's going, or like the wee hours of the night or something like that, or just like reading comments, like my comments and that kind of thing, or if people send stuff to me. So I thank goodness for my friends because they'll be like, oh, this is trending right now. Maybe you could do this. And I'm like, well, maybe. So, uh, but yeah, it just, you know, you get stuck in that hole. And I know that's just like, so the TikTok hole is not healthy. So, you know, you gotta like set an alarm. You'll be like, okay, 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Or like so, when yeah. the, uh, the, the videos in the algorithm pop up and they're like, whoa, you've been scrolling for a Yeah, way that's too when long. you know it's bad at the beginning. Yeah. Oh my God. I got that guy like yeah. every 10 minutes and I was like, go away. And I kept scrolling. Yeah. The guilt yeah. I feel for having spent yeah. so much time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what, what, I guess like what's your source of entertainment now then? Like what do you, uh, what platforms do you watch? Or yeah. is it like mostly television? Yeah, I mean, because I, I spend 90% of my day on screens or filming and that kind of thing, I uh, 
try not to consume too much, but if I do, it's usually the same shows I've already watched over and over again. <laughs> like Seinfeld or The Office or like Family Guy or, or those kind of kind of things. Um, maybe the odd movie here and there. But um, yeah, the only time I'm usually scrolling through social media is to just uh, talk to my audience and just ask what's going on there. I'm kind of oblivious to what's going on. Like I said, if I didn't have friends in the space, I'd probably not know what trends are happening or anything like that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's it's like a it's an interesting answer, but it it makes so much sense, I think. Like, yeah. Awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for joining us and for telling us about what your day looks like and and how involved it is to be a creator. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks so much for having me. I I enjoyed the conversation. And thank you for listening to the Digiday Podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode.